You're listening to Ink Tank by Movable Ink, designed to help digital marketing leaders excel in today's ever-changing environment. I'm Jackie Mattia, Director of Strategy here at Movable Ink. And I'm Naveen Wall, Associate Director of Client Strategy at Movable Ink. In today's episode, we're catching up with Miles Klieger, President and Chief Customer Officer at Braze, to discuss some of the trends observed as a result of COVID-19. Customer behavior has changed rapidly in recent months, and many companies have actually benefited and seen an uptick in new business as a result of the pandemic. Marketers are now challenged to keep newly acquired customers engaged over time and to convert them into high-quality, long-term customers. Today, we'll show valuable insights and discuss how brands can create lasting customer relationships and loyalty. Miles, thanks so much for joining us on Ink Tank. We're really excited to dive in and hear more about the trends that you've been seeing. There's been a ton of change and adaptation throughout this pandemic, and we're just now starting to see glimpses into what reopening could look like. So speaking of reopening, uh, Naveen and I have been dreaming up things that we're looking forward to doing once this lockdown is over. So we'd love to hear what's one of the first things that you're looking forward to. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and super excited to join you guys today on Ink Tank. And God, I, uh, I think I spent too much time dreaming about what I'm going to do when this is over, but I, I'd have to say the first thing I want to do is go, go see my family, go see my friends, uh, go meet. I'd love to go to a basketball game. <laughs> I'd love to get on a plane and go anywhere. Uh, I, I miss, I miss being able to move around, see people, be with people. Uh, we are, we are social beings and we're being deprived of our ability to, uh, meet our nature. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. Um, for me, the weather is getting better and better, and it's really hard to stay inside every day. Um, so I'm dreaming up of days where I don't have to exercise indoors anymore. I love cycling, um, so I think one of the first things that I'm going to treat myself to is a really long bike ride with a coffee stop somewhere just to soak it back in. I miss doing that. Um, Jackie, I know you've been looking at bikes too. Uh, does that are bikes included in your post quarantine dreams? Yeah, well, news update, breaking news update. I actually got a new bike uh, last weekend. So I'm really looking forward like you to just, you know, getting out, getting a bit of fresh air on it at a safe distance. Um, And then, you know, more long term, I usually try to get out on the beach uh, in the summer. I go up to uh, Massachusetts, uh, Provincetown. So, you know, looking forward to hopefully, hopefully getting up there, spending some time on the water and eating many, many lobster rolls. Sounds pretty great. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Great. Yeah, so I'd love to start off just, Miles, what overall trends in consumer behavior are we seeing across industries right now? Yeah, uh, many. (laughs) Obviously, as the three of us are are in our homes right now doing this podcast, uh, the reality is that everyone who can be home is home and is spending a ton of time online interacting with digital products and services. The data shows that people are looking to stay connected. They're also looking to keep themselves entertained, uh, quite understandably. They're video chatting with friends and family. They're watching streaming content. They're ordering food and groceries for delivery and pickup. They're consuming news. They're playing games. And in some cases, they're learning and focusing on developing new skills or self-improvement. So from what we see, product usage in all of these categories is up substantially over the past few months. And Miles, Brace has access to a ton of consumer data. What's that data telling you? Yeah, so we we do have access to a ton of data. And uh, 
just to kind of quantify that for, for everyone who's listening, uh, across our global customer base, which is about a thousand brands now, we have more than 2.3 billion monthly active users or consumers interacting with those digital products. So we do have quite a bit of visibility into what people are doing all around the world uh, now and in general. And that gives us a quantitative view into this changing behavior that we're talking about. Um, so not surprisingly, this, this very sudden shift to shelter in place has translated into a huge influx of new users across all these different industries that have a focus on digital business models. So more specifically, just from a quantitative perspective, uh, we can see when new acquisition happens when people are downloading apps or visiting websites for the first time. And year to date, uh, the numbers have been in incredibly jarring or, or you know, massive, I should say. Uh, things peaked back on March 23rd. So about, what, about 10 days or, or a week to 10 days after the, the lockdown really kind of began in earnest here in the US, obviously a few weeks after it began elsewhere around the world. Uh, and on that day, we saw 75.72% increase in new users relative to the first week in January. So huge influx of people. Um, and that new acquisition has come down from that peak over the past month, but it, it, was, it was huge. And interestingly, when we took a step back and we looked at it over a longer uh, period of time, quarter over quarter, new user growth in, in the first quarter across all these industries that, that we're analyzing uh, actually surpassed new user growth during Q4 holiday season, which is typically obviously when, when acquisition is at its highest by 13%. So Q1, which is typically seasonally adjusted down relative to Q4, when Q1 actually surpasses Q4 by double digits, you know something big is going on. And, and at Braze, we've, we've been saying that it's almost like a lot of these brands effectively had in certain industries, of course, uh, basically had a second holiday season uh, that they weren't counting on and they didn't have to pay for many of those users who just naturally came to their doorstep. That's really huge. So are these new users then translating into being actual customers? That is a great question, Jackie, because while new users are fantastic, uh, they're only good if you can monetize them uh, and actually turn them into customers. And in many of these industries that have seen an uptick in new users, that's definitely happening as, as the pandemic rolls on. So our data is showing that in aggregate, while sessions uh, across, again, mobile apps and websites are up uh, over 14% this month compared to last, purchases are up 21%. So think about that uh, for, for a minute uh, in relation. And then when you compare this to the same time last year, again, with Q1 typically being a seasonally adjusted, uh, you know, lower activity timeframe during the year, sessions were up month over month by 7.62%, but purchases actually decreased by 17%. So people spend a bunch of money, obviously, during the holidays, and then they dial it back in a bit in Q1. But this year, uh, we saw, obviously, a huge surge in purchases. And that gives you a feel or starts to give you a feel for how different things are today. The impact from, from what we're seeing is actually even more profound when you look at specific industries. So if you take retail, uh, and, and of course, we're talking about the e-commerce parts of retail, given that, that a lot of physical stores, uh, if not all physical stores, were closed for a long period of time. Uh, so across Braze customers, what we're seeing in that industry is that the number of purchasing users actually grew by 30% globally between March and April, which is a big uptick. And in the US in, in particular, we saw an increase in total purchases in the month of April, maxing out at 181% right after Americans started receiving their stimulus checks. That's a giant number. And again, um, not typically what you would see during that time frame. 
Uh, so bottom line is that purchasing behavior is way up. It's leveled off a bit since, uh, you know, since we saw that peak in April with the stimulus, but it still remains overwhelmingly above average, at least for now. We'll see if that continues on into the next quarter. So those growth metrics are, are really fascinating and they illustrate that shift in behaviors that have been brought on by this pandemic. Um, here at Movable Inc., I focus on our media and technology clients. And as you mentioned, up until now and up until recently, everyone's been at home. So streaming is another industry that's really benefiting from accelerated growth as people stay at home and they look to distract and occupy their time uh, with media. Are you able to tell us more about some of the trends that you're seeing in streaming behavior in light of this pandemic? Absolutely. Uh, as you said, video streaming has been a huge winner during the pandemic. New user acquisition in that vertical is up about 204%. And year to date, the seven-day rolling retention, which is a, an important metric that we track here at Braze, is a very strong 29.51%. And in March, we actually saw a 30.7% increase in streaming sessions across our client base. So numbers are up big across the board. And that's not surprising considering, again, everyone's stuck at home. Uh, but what's, what's interesting when you take a step back is that while in theory, there's a lot more hours available now for streaming content, there's also a lot more competition. And right now, you know, just looking at what's going on in that, in that industry in particular, you have a whole bunch of new services that either just launched or uh, will be launching into the market, which is which is um, you know just interesting that at the time when all of a sudden usage of these services is is exploding, there's more supply than ever. So you consider Quibi, which just launched, um, HBO Max is launching in, in just a few weeks, NBC Peacock is in the process of launching right now, and of course this is all on the heels of Disney Plus, which launched in the U.S. just just in November and now has I think north of 50 million users worldwide, and then you've got Netflix, you've got YouTube, so. There's huge competition out there, and the data is actually telling us that there's enough room for all of these services to thrive right now because of what's going on uh, with the pandemic and, and the behavior shift that's happening. But obviously, the, the big question for all of these services is that, you know, will that remain the case once the economy starts to open up again? And I think there's really like two factors to consider in that regard. One, there's fewer hours to work with when people are, are getting back to life to some extent. And then two, in a challenged economy, you know, there's only so many dollars available for, for subscriptions and, uh, and people aren't going to be able to subscribe to all of these different services. So at the end of the day, like content is, is definitely still king, I think always will be in this space, but, but great content alone might actually not be enough to win uh, in the long run, given these dynamics. Yeah. And to your point about great content uh, alone not being enough, something we're seeing a lot of our media clients do at the moment is really double down on those personalization efforts uh, in email to aid that content discovery. So really championing content that's relevant and engaging to users. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if you, have, if you have great content, which is clearly step one, uh, you have to make sure that, that people know about it, that your subscribers know about it. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't do you nearly as much good. And you know, to that end, you have to do your best to promote that content that's most relevant based on past behaviors and any other insights that you might have about them and their interests. So yeah, I mean, we see personal outreach as being absolutely critical for engagement and retention in this environment above and beyond just having good material to use. Yeah. Another industry that's experiencing growth at the moment is digital news. So people are consuming more news to stay informed. Um, are you seeing 
any interesting trends or strategies across your digital news base? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, news consumption is up for sure. I know I spend uh, too many hours of my life watching news now too late at night as well, which doesn't, doesn't help me sleep necessarily. Uh, but news consumption is up. And one thing that, that we're seeing, and I'm sure you are as well, is uh, also an increase of, of uh, consumption of local news. And, you know, you think about all the press conferences and the, uh, you know, the updates that the governors are doing every day, in some cases, mayors like Eric Garcetti or, or Mayor de Blasio are doing on a regular basis. So there's a lot of interest in local news and national media brands from what we're seeing are, are embracing this shift to local uh, and, and they're trying to, you know, leverage that and capitalize on it. And one thing that we're seeing to that end is an increase in the uh, notifications that, that these national news brands are, are sending that are very locally targeted in nature. So typically they would focus more on behavioral interests and categories and things like that. And now they're actually getting a lot more localized in their outreach. And that's translating into more engagement, more sessions, more viewership. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting development within news specifically. Really interesting. So pivoting a bit, uh, I work with primarily our clients here in Moving who are in the financial services space and was curious to hear what trends and behavior changes are you observing in the financial services vertical? Yes. Uh, financial services, fintech, that's another one. You guys are uh, continuing to hit on the, the hot buttons here. Uh, but another one that's seen a, a huge increase in new users and product usage uh, during the pandemic. So across our customer base, and we, we also have uh, quite a few uh, financial services and fintech customers, uh, we've seen new users in that category double this April compared to last year. And mobile app usage is up 14.65% between February and March. If you take a step back and you think about it, it, it does make sense in the context of a pandemic. First of all, bank branches are closed. Not that that many people are rushing to bank branches these days. Uh, even without a pandemic, but but if you needed to, they are closed. Um, the stock market is extremely volatile. People are worried about their finances, their financial well-being. They're worried about jobs, uh, and they also may need to transact from the safety and comfort of their homes. Whether that's paying bills or sending money to friends through peer-to-peer -peer payments, uh, all of these things have taken up increased importance, and that's really flowing through in the data. Uh, and interestingly, in this in this category. We've seen mobile adoption uh, is, is especially on the rise. And by mobile adoption, I mean mobile apps specifically. And according to our data in, in fintech and financials, we're seeing 71% of the new users who have um, you know, come to use these services over the past 90 days are using them through mobile apps. And those users on mobile apps are seeing a four times higher seven-day retention than new web users. That's really interesting. Also something that we're hearing, which I thought was really interesting from some of our uh, friends and clients in the FinServe space is that, you know, segments that were previously digital and mobile resistors are now also becoming, you know, mobile and digital adopters. And it's largely out of necessity. Um, but I think it'll be key when we think about, you know, how do, uh, how do companies retain those folks who have now, you know, moved over to mobile and digital uh, out of necessity um, but were originally resistors throughout the rest of the year and, you know, coming years. That's absolutely right. And, and yeah, we've been talking a lot about how the pandemic will, will clearly be an accelerator for transformation and evolution of a lot of these businesses that were maybe 
more laggards in, in their approach to adopting new technology or adopting new business models. And, and frankly, in this environment, it's, it's you know, that phrase evolve or die is, mm-hmm. is more true than ever. Uh, so, so it'll be fascinating to watch how that unfolds over the next months and years. Completely. A lot of the legacy FinServe are really, you know, uh, trying to keep pace with these fintechs, like you said, that, you yeah. know, digital's just ingrained in their ethos. Yeah, but but they've also been big beneficiaries as yeah. well. And because a lot of the, that mobile app uh, usage that I was even referring to before, a lot of it also is coming from big banks where people who maybe relied on more traditional methods of banking previously are now forced to maybe try the mobile app for the first time to deposit a check, for example, or something like that. And they might find that they like it and stick with it. So the big banks actually have an opportunity to be beneficiaries here if they're willing to embrace it. Really good point. Uh, So we've, you know, we've covered multiple industries. Uh, Are there any other industries that we didn't touch on yet where you're seeing growth and an uptick in new customer acquisition? Yeah, uh, definitely. So this is uh, the pandemic has certainly been a a tale of uh, two cities uh, when you think about winners and losers out there. But obviously, on demand food. um, So you know we're talking about grocery and food delivery, things like that, uh, have been you know a huge, huge boon for them. Again, out of necessity. So we're seeing new user acquisition in that vertical up over ninety five percent so far this year on a relative basis. Huge. Um, gaming is another one. So people are you know, certainly with no sports on TV. Uh, you're seeing a lot more people playing games, whether they're mobile games, online games, console games. Uh, that's up 78.5%. And I've also seen some really interesting uh, statistics on gaming too, that that older populations are now playing games uh, at, at a level that they weren't previously. Again, probably because there's no sports on TV. So that'll be one to to watch for the gaming publishers out there to see if they can you know, continue to retain those new audiences. Um, but the biggest winner of all, based on this, this metric of, of uh, percent increase in user acquisition so far this year, is actually education and ed tech. Uh, and that's up a whopping 270% across Phrase's customer base and what we see um, so far this year. And actually 97% of those new users are using mobile apps. So another vertical where you're seeing the behavior skew towards mobile. Uh, and what's really notable about these new users in education um, is how sticky they are. So, you know, I, I mentioned earlier uh, rolling seven-day retention being a key metric that we track. Uh, but education apps are actually showing the highest year-to-date rolling seven-day retention rates of any industry we, tra- we track, uh, 36.43%. And that's actually 77% higher than the seven-day retention rates of all the other industries that we track, excluding education. So people are stuck at home. Obviously, you've got ed tech associated with online school and learning and things like that at home. So that clearly is going to drive uh, usage. But we're also seeing more adults uh, investing time and energy in, in self-improvement and education and learning new skills and trying out these different tools and, again, sticking with them. Um, so that's that's super interesting. And, and the retention data is actually getting better as the lockdown goes on, um, especially for like a lot of the new acquisition was the first time people were exposed to these these tools. And and aside from just killing time, I think they're finding that they, they actually quite like using them. Um, so from March to mid-April, 44.23% of the new education users were retained at least seven days. So that's up from, from that year-to-date average I mentioned before, which was uh, 36% and change. And these users actually have an 11.52% higher retention rate than the users that were coming in 
uh, before the pandemic started in January to mid-February. So super interesting stuff there. Uh, just a couple more stats. I, I've got nothing but data for you. Um, 50% of these users actually had greater than one session per day uh, from mid-March to mid-April when things were really at their peak. Uh, and we also found a strong positive correlation between the number of user sessions per day and spend. So purchasing inside these apps, whether it's subscriptions or, or like in-app purchases and things like that. So more usage is actually translating into more revenue for the publishers, which is which is critical. I'm, I'm loving all of these stats. So thank you for sharing <laughs> these. <laughs> um, wow. So not only are we seeing exponential growth in education, those users are highly engaged and are more likely to be retained as well. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So. Continuing on that topic of growth within media and technology, we've seen several tactics employed to drive awareness and attract new audiences. Um, and those have ranged from digital news publishers dropping their paywalls. And like on the retail side, we've seen retailers pivot to offer new products. Uh, and then right through to streaming and technology, we've seen providers offer free trials uh, as goodwill. What factors do brands need to keep in mind when they're acquiring customers right now? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question uh, because you know again the the surge of users a lot of it is forced and and the question and a lot of it actually happened accidentally in some cases for a lot of these companies and uh, and you know there's there's a lot of open questions right now as to kind of what's what's the long term viability or quality of a lot of these users and and kind of answering your question more more directly. Uh, you know, I think a huge factor here is what is that cost per acquisition? So assuming you you actually went out and tried to you know acquire these users through paid media of some kind, as opposed to just organic natural acquisition where um, you know the cost might be um, zero or close to zero. Uh, so the reality is that, you know, like I was just saying, a lot of this new user acquisition might prove to be very temporal. Uh, when people are allowed out of the house again, they might stop using that streaming service, stop using that that um, language. Uh, learning service or whatever it may be, and it's it's very unclear whether or not these new users acquired right now in this environment are going to be high quality long term customers, uh, or or maybe like green eggs and ham customers where you, you're kind of willing to try anything once when you're stuck at home and and why not? Uh, or pro uh, promotional fly by night customers. To your point, there's a lot of free trials and offers and different tactics being used to. Um, to acquire new people. So, you know, another thing that I've that I've been following a bit is how all this is impacting the uh, the media market and the ad market and basically everyone turned off their advertising and acquisition efforts in kind of in that mid-March time frame like right after that initial shock it would have been insensitive to be out advertising and, and people just went dark for a while. Obviously, some brands are starting to come back now and obviously that's that's correlated to both a change in kind of the mood in, in the in the country to some extent and around the world, uh, and, and of course this varies by by market, um, but also the the fact that things are starting to reopen a bit and uh, and it's not so crazy to uh, to get back and spend and talk to people about products and, and people want that kind of sense of normalcy. So so the question is, um, you know, media prices came way down, and, and I think they continue to be down. So some brands have have put their toes in the water started to spend, started to invest again. And it'll be super interesting to kind of look back again and, and, and kind of know, like, was that a good use of dollars? Were those, were those high quality users for me? Uh, we don't know. And, and I would say that kind of understanding, and this kind of really cuts into 
data and analytics and, and really like understanding who your good customers are is really more important than ever because those are the people, if you know exactly what your good customers look like in normal times, then those are likely to be good customers uh, after this pandemic is over. And those are the people you probably would want to focus on acquiring um, as opposed to others. But if you don't know what those people look like, then it, it's hard to go find them. Uh, and then, of course, especially if you're spending right now, you better have a plan in place for retention uh, because there's, there's so much competition out there, especially in these industries that have been flooded with users. Uh, people are going to be getting back out into the real world. People are, who lost their jobs are going to be trying to decide whether they want to continue to spend on certain things. So if you don't have a retention plan in place, you might find a, a huge percentage of these new users and all these amazing statistics we've been talking about for the last 15 minutes um, drop to a very, very low number very quickly. Mm, yeah. Uh, and, and for those that are coming in from those free trials or those ad efforts that are going out right now, what effective um, tactics are we seeing to demonstrate that value, to drive that conversion, but also retain and keep current customers engaged? Yeah. Yeah. So in media, uh, which I know is your, your specialty, um, you know, when it comes to free trials and, and driving conversion, it, it's really all about encouraging habit-forming behaviors. And, you know, we talked about this a few minutes ago, really making sure you expose your new users to the right content to get them hooked. So you have to have the content, but you also have to make sure that people know about the content and they have to know about it in context. So that means, and this, you know, what I'm, what I'm saying now is true in any time. I just think it's even more true now is uh, you have to have a great onboarding experience and you have to have that paired with retention programs that have, you know, that really feature targeted behavioral messaging, both inside and outside of your digital products. So literally inside the experience with recommendations, whatever it may be, as well as obviously through email or push notifications or other type of outbound messaging experiences. Um, and if you do that, that's really the, the best way to keep new users coming back. Um, especially when you're competing for mindshare and attention with all of these other services, which is certainly the case now. And then beyond that, I, I, you know, I, I think there's the data again can can really be instructive for us. Um, we recently, just actually in uh, I think in the first few days of April, we published uh, a streaming data industry report that we had been working on with uh, a partner of ours at Aptopia, which is a, a, an intelligence company. And uh, the, the purpose of that study actually was to look at, at uh, what was going on in the streaming industry in the months just before Disney Plus launched, knowing how huge that launch was gonna be and impactful, and then afterwards, and, and what were kind of the key findings or insights that, that we could take away around how all the other players uh, were operating in, in that type of environment, which I think in some ways is, an, is analogous to what's going on now and that you had this sort of like big moment, a, a shock of sorts that kind of changed the dynamics in the industry. You have all these new entrants coming into play. So, so a, a bunch of the data that we, uh, we gleaned from that study, I think is still relevant now. And, and a couple of the key things there are kind of getting back to this point around making sure you have messaging programs in place and engagement programs in place. Uh, we saw that the top performers during that time frame, when Disney Plus was literally sucking the oxygen out of out of the room for the entire world, were 21% more likely to send push notifications. They were 300% more likely to send in-app messages. Uh, they were over a thousand percent more likely to send what we call action-based messages. So these are, are real-time triggered uh, messages that are that are tied in very close proximity to behaviors and actions that people are taking. And they were 422% more likely to, to find uh, conversion based on custom events. So again, really 
getting targeted uh, with user behavior to figure out what type of message to send someone, when and how in order to drive results. So, you know, in other words, they, they really all were focused on using customer engagement strategies to drive retention. And, you know, again, like I said before, that's, that's probably more important now than ever before in this type of environment. Yeah, really interesting and speaks to the fact that companies really do need to ramp up their personalization and relevancy across multiple channels to be able to successfully cut through the noise and retain customers right now, given the amount of of messaging that's out there. Well, we are at time, but Miles, thank you so much for all of your fantastic insights today. Really valuable. And we'll be continuing our discussion with Miles in part two of this episode, where we'll cover useful tips for retention and discuss brands that are doing a great job at engaging customers right now. So stay tuned for that episode next week. <laughs>